0: As
1: Rukhatat O Nihilo Hazan Etoho Lo Betugo Bechen
2: was and find us a call come to la call come him as on the real time share about the got
1: khatal my asana call
0: amen
1: all right so it, it hasn't happened formally yet but just so that you can get the mindset, notice Isaac and Christine with two small <laughs> chunks. Doesn't that just warm your a heart? Great look. Yeah. That's a great look for you guys. Uh, I'm gonna hear it for that one. All right then. So we had a, a couple of announcements today, this morning. Uh, that, uh, yeah, do that um, I need to reiterate quickly without coffee <laughs> uh, what, what, what was that saying? Yeah. Um, the Shabbos project is a uh, is an attempt to get the world to keep Shabbat
3: thank you Rabbi
1: you know what will happen. Messiah will come. So, a rabbi and uh, the chief rabbi of West Africa decided to uh, do the Shabbos project, sent out little booklets on how to's and checklists and so forth. And uh, from an Orthodox perspective, my family is trying today to keep Shabbos completely. I've already blown it um, in that uh, somebody. Oh, it, was my, it was my granddaughter, lost her bowl of Cheerios uh, that were, of course, uh, mixed with stevia and cinnamon and yogurt <laughs> on the floor while my wife was out of the room. And uh, I went and tore a paper towel and went,
2: oh! <laughs> The aside, away
1: aside from that, I was fine until my son dropped his fork with all kinds of schmutz on the floor, and I went, "Oh, God, I did it again." <laughs> um, aside from that, you see the tape on the uh, light switches as we, uh, as as the I know the Upham household is uh, normal to do is to say if you want to light it on tomorrow, you better turn it on now and keep it on, and so forth. But do you you don't do tape on the, on the switches anymore? Do you? Not too much. There's.
0: I need tape. tape do you need, need a tape thing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I find myself reaching yeah right yes. yeah I want to turn you it off to really I stopped it and I touched the, the, tape the tape and I was like oh okay. yeah you <laughs> touch the tape and you did done. yeah yeah but <laughs> yeah. yeah. we yeah, kind of week now. yeah yeah But well, <laughs> okay, you know do what you gotta do so
1: we're really we're really trying to work on that and um this is the first sabbath since we started keeping the Torah that I have not touched or used an electronic device and uh I am in withdrawal. <laughs> As about um, fortunately, the sages have not outlawed handguns on Shabbos. Uh, That's a decoration, because, though, right? Because we live by the Torah. That's a decoration. It? It's a decoration. But don't accessory. I, 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 can, I can shoot it, but it would have to be to save your life, certainly not mine, I don't think. Um, so anyway, that's, that's where we're at today, so uh, as much as you can help with that and uh, get used to it, that'd be great, I think. Uh, light is on and shall stay on, in the bathroom for you. This is the second portion of the year, Noah, First was uh, sheet last week as we had the Bar mitzvah for Joshua Gordon. I know that um, Tom from uh, Myrtle Beach is watching us. Everyone say hi, Tom. Hi, Tom. Good job Tom. Much Tom. Thank you, Brock. So um, we have several young families traveling. Uh, my son-in-law, Gregory, and his wife, Morgan, um, which would be my daughter, are uh, in Boston and they are there with Joshua and Juliana Spurlock, my uh, son in law and daughter, um, for their second anniversary, uh, which is today. So happy anniversary, hope you're not watching. Um, so that's the deal there. And of course, Colby and Michaela are on their honeymoon, driving hither, thither, and yon throughout the United States, this great land, and spending time with each other. Um, you know, before they have
0: a hundred kids and do all that stuff, so that's great. You're Maybe the masculine children. That's right, all of them, in a row.
1: That's, that's so uh, I think that's it. And then, of course, the Martin family are uh, traveling to uh, Oklahoma, visiting uh, Suzanne's mom. Uh, so that's the deal. Anyone, did I miss anything I didn't miss anything else. Oh, and, and another young family that's... Uh, that's traveling, of course, would be Mark and Karen Pittock from Canada, from Torah North. And their three beautiful daughters, Sam, Abby, oh, okay. and Anna. <laughs> and their masculine son, Benjamin, <laughs> who was called to the Torah after his Bar Mitzvah for the very first time at Torah today. Did a wonderful job. <laughs> and uh, we did get to hear Mr. Bowtie do the Haftarah and then his beautiful bride do the uh, apostolic scriptures. Well done. It was outstanding and great to have you with us. So normally my son-in-law would uh, would lead this. uh took over for me uh, probably six months ago. But uh, Taylor was feeling under the weather, so he's gone back home to take a longer Shabbos schnooze. Um, so I got to do the uh, chazen part and, and only messed up three or four times. It's not bad. I'm getting old, but I can still hang there, I think. Um and now uh, with Joshua gone we'll uh, we'll go ahead and walk through Noah. This is an interesting portion, I think. The apostolic scriptures speak of this portion, this event, the diluvian episode as being one of primary importance when it comes to those who do not believe in God. The apostolic scriptures say that I believe it's the book of Peter. Second Peter, where uh, Peter makes it clear that these non-believers say that things have always been as they've always been since creation nothing wild has happened and then of course we have the the Greek, and if you parse that out, it, it turns out that they are deliberately ignorant, dumb on purpose with regard to the knowledge of the flood. Even today in Christendom we have arguing factions over whether the earth is this old or that old, and whether the, fo- the flood was localized or worldwide. As far as I can tell from the sages this week as I was studying, the only debate they have is whether or not Israel was actually flooded, the land of Israel. And if it was, did things keep growing there? But certainly everyone agrees that the Garden of Eden did not get flooded. The gates were closed. It was protected from the water. So we're going to uh, start walking through this. And the the first thing we begin with is what I I hope my children put on my tombstone. Noah was a righteous man. That doesn't mean he was perfect. It just meant that he kept the commandments. That's what righteousness is, right? That's what forensic righteousness is physical righteousness here is all about isn't how do we become righteous we keep his commandments and if you love me, you'll keep my commandments okay. so how do we keep the commandments if it was before we got commandments here's a better question Don't eat, or, did we do two of each animal not always. and that's what the song says, that's what the flannel graph in Baptist church <laughs> two giraffes Two monkeys, two steaks. <laughs> so what's <laughs> the answer? How many of each animal? Uh, seven, pairs. seven of the uh, seven clean, pairs clean. of the clean ones, yeah. and two pairs, two two pairs of the unclean. Ones. How do you know which ones are clean? If we didn't get that to Leviticus 23, which is a ways away, we're on our on our timeline. For those who are new to our timeline, right in this corner we have us. We go back a thousand years, we have the sage Rashi. We go back a thousand years, and we've got Messiah Messiah Yeshua also a sage. we go back a thousand years and we have King David we go back a thousand years and we have Abraham Avino Abraham our father we go back another thousand years and we have the Noah baby Noah by the way is a female name Noah is the male name don't tell that to Noah Gordon and then back another thousand years and who's the tzaddik in this corner Adam Adam Rishon, the, first. the first Adam in the same corner as Mashiach, Yeshua Adam Shani, second Adam actually, the last Adam okay. so, from us we go back to here, so here's Noah here's Abraham and the flood is about a little past the middle maybe right at the middle and we've got the Torah Babel right after the middle so, where was the Torah given? here. So how did you know? Um, I'm just here to make questions. Because he read the Rashi. He read Rashi! <laughs> there it is! <laughs> Time is not linear. No. Okay, he read Rashi.
2: Well, I think a question I would ask is, did Adam know?
1: Now that is such a sagacity of responding. I asked a question and you follow up with another question. How did no one know which animals were clean? Well, I would ask, how did Adam know? Well, okay, so,
0: <laughs> how, how,
1: did Adam know anything about the Torah? Why did you bring up Adam? Well, if, if
2: Adam knew, Andy what taught.
1: What did Adam know? Do you have an example that Adam knew something? What did what? Adam know? he's he
2: supposed to know how to do from the
1: knowledge. Ah! Of the how did he know that? God told him. Bam! And that's what we live by, right? Well, not bread,
0: like but every by every, is every word is that proceeds out of mouth. The God. God. Where does it come from?
1: Deuteronomy. It is Deuteronomy. It's not. Timid? Not Mark. Timid. Not Matthew four. It's
2: not Second Timothy. E. Timothy. It's not First Timothy. It's, it's not Deuteronomy. Not oh, I
1: thought you meant though. I
2: thought you meant the God-breathed part. Oh, the God-breathed part, yeah. That's okay. That's I know you got distracted for a second. It only takes a second.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. But Timothy is the, the God-breathed part. The God-breathed part. Oh, right. Second Timothy three. Sixteen. 16. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, right? Through 16, 16 through 18, 18 right? All, the references. all scriptures inspired by God. God breathed God. And profitable for reproof and for training in righteousness and so forth. So I get it. Okay, good. So so I just want to make sure I understand from you Noah is probably not in a bow tie probably not wearing a handgun but probably pretty old and he's told that there's going to be a flood or that he's got to build the ark yes. which ones came first
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was told he's got to build an ark he was not told there was going to be a flood he was told he's got to build an ark so the sages argue why did he take so long I mean, come on. How long does it take to build an ark? I know now. It takes about 120 years. <laughs> in, you, yeah. in your backyard. That's right. Yeah. So if you listen listened to the Bill Cosby shtick on this, it's great. I would encourage you. It's, it's really super. And it's, oh, it's almost, you know, came to the scripture. Right? It's fun. It's mystical. And it's, it's mystical. <laughs> build an ark. And then he's told <laughs> that God is going to flood the flood the planet. So the sages argue about whether or not Noah really was a righteous guy. I mean, compared to his generation, sure. But compared to the patriarchs, compared to, to Brock, I mean, really, Why do they ding Noah? I also find it curious that in the visible expression of the church today, Lot, or properly lived, normally is just a villain in Sunday school classes. So
4: but Pharisees. Noah... But Noah is awesome Pharisees are villains too
1: Sure, so Noah is awesome Lot is a butter. But really The sages were going The other way around Lot was a righteous man And was, was caring for his guests Turned out to be angels, great deal But Noah, they ding I was surprised that the sages would ding Noah for his righteousness Why? What's, what's their take?
2: What's their question? Well, not every sage agrees
1: with that take. That's exactly right. There is great debate. What is the take? Well, the take
5: is that um, given that the generation of Noah was so wicked and, and the earth was full of Hamas is the uh, violence. Kind of interesting. Write yeah. um, <laughs> that down when you read the paper. And uh, so there is some who can take the view that well, it wasn't that hard, relatively speaking, to be righteous in yeah. that generation. It was a pretty low bar, right? As opposed to Abraham or uh, you know or others like the kings that came at different times, where uh, some would argue the standard of righteousness then was much higher.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Other comments. Peter, what were you going to say? Just a, I was just gonna to point to Mr. Pretty much
2: that. Oh, you're gonna to point to Mr. Oh. Yeah, I'm not sitting on a
1: stool. He's not behind me, I got him.
2: Uh, yeah, just the idea that uh, they they even go so far as to say that if when they speak of his righteousness in his generations, they would say that okay, had he lived in the generation of Moses or in that of David, that he wouldn't have been nearly as righteous.
1: Yeah, he's compared with Moses when the people sinned in Moses' generation, what did Moses do? That wasn't a trick question. Have you guys read the Bible? I'm sorry. What, what is today's
0: Saturday? He asked God.
1: He did what? He asked God what?
0: Sacrifice.
1: He, he, he asked God what to do. When the people sinned, the golden calf.
3: what did he do? He said, he said, uh, he said, he said if you're not going to forgive them, my name
1: out. Take me out. I'm with them, as bad as they may be. I'm with them. Take me out. But Noah, there's no record that he even prayed for or witnessed to his generation, and that's another reason why it's a low bar. But gosh, I mean, we don't we don't have any record that he was out there banging on doors and going, you know what? I've been told to build an ark. Worse than that, I, I've heard it's gonna flood. Noah, what is rain? You know, we never had any rain. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. What's up with that?
5: Don't the apostolic scriptures say that he preached He righteous.
1: preached? Yes, exactly he right. But righteous. I'm just assuming that the sages of Israel haven't spent a lot of time in the apostolic scriptures. <laughs> <laughs> you're exactly <laughs> right. how
5: the writers of the apostolic scriptures
1: are. Were sages of Israel. Yeah. I like it. I like it. How would, and I got you, how would Noah be seen in your eyes as preaching righteousness to his generation?
0: Just be his testimony.
1: What, what was his testimony? Him. What was he? What? what say it again. What he was doing.
0: That's exactly
1: right. And now I ask you, what's your testimony in your generation? Isn't it? It's what we say. Yeah, it must be what you say or what you it's think. No, it can't saying. be what you do, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's what you believe in your heart. but Yeah, it's what we do. It's exactly what we do. John what are you going to say? Uh, isn't isn't Noah one of the three listed in
4: Ezekiel where God says, even if so and so? I think so. And Daniel,
1: Daniel Noah, and... Is it, it Joe? I think a yeah. But it's not really Daniel. It's, it's not Daniel? It's a yeah, different guy. It's a different guy? The guy we don't know? Not Daniel. It doesn't really work if it's not somebody we know, right? <laughs> well, it's someone named him. Someone named him. Okay. Yes, but we're assuming he's a pretty righteous guy. He must be, because he could provide for himself. He could save himself. Right. right? Good. Yeah. Um, There's one of the several
5: midrashim here um, that talk about the righteous Noah. Right now, I
1: got to stop you because I got Rebecca over there playing with the girls, and she didn't hear you one thing. And secondly, (laughs) she's been asking Nehemiah for weeks what midrashim means. Okay,
5: so midrash, um, mean, drash means to search, so midrash is from searching, from the search. Midrashim is plural for, for, for midrash. So there is a collection like of, of um, teachings um. and uh, understandings that, are, that were you know, transmitted orally for many, 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 many years Eventually, we're, were written down in what's called the Midrash Rabbah, the Great Midrash. So, <clears throat> so Which art scrolls up? <laughs> So, <laughs> But not on Shabbat. So, <laughs> that's right, but not on Shabbat. <laughs> so, one of the Midrashim uh, in Midrash Rabbah, uh, Midrash Rabbah, Hashim for Parsha Noah, talks about a, it, it, picks up on a verse in Proverbs, uh, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 25. It says, When a storm passes, the wicked one is no more, but the righteous one is the foundation of the world. When a storm passes, the wicked one is no more. This is referring to the generation of the flood. But the righteous one is the foundation of the world. This is referring to Noah. So the sages picked up on this verse in Proverbs and immediately connected it back to, to Noah and the flood. Major storm. Storm and the wicked are no more. You know, who's left? Noah, and he becomes the foundation of mankind mm-hmm. from that point forward. Right. Thanks.
0: Thanks so. Good. Good.
1: All right. So,
2: so another idea from Proverbs, that very same chapter, uh, Proverbs seven. That, that um, uh, I'm trying to get the actual quote here. It it's uh, ten seven is. Um, blessings will descend upon the head of the righteous one but their violence will smother the mouth of the wicked remembrance of a righteous one brings blessings but the name of the wicked will rot that's um, an idea of why they mention Noah's righteousness in the very first from the outset of this portion before they go on to oh these are his kids, these are his sons this is what he did so it's it's the Torah blessing Noah for his righteousness yeah. By
1: mentioning him by name. Rashi says that uh, when a righteous man is mentioned, he should be raised. Good. So. I, I'm just trying to get the story in my head. How long do you spend on that art? 120 years. 120 years. Change. How? How big is is it 350 cubits? 400 cubits? 450
2: cubits? Uh, 350. Three? Something like something that, like that. in Shoshone like or something.
1: It's 300, then 50, then 30. But I, I, can't, I can't remember the first name. Is it 300? But, anyways, how long is it? 300 yards. Give me a guess.
0: Um,
1: about a football, football field. About a football field. Okay, I can work with that. Pretty sure. How many stories? Three. Three. When not he supposed to make a window? Yes, yeah. Where's the window? It's well, the top. How's that working on the bottom place? <laughs> not that
6: very well. What's that word
1: in that scripture mm. for window? Zohar. Zohar. Zohar.
6: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just wanted to bring it out
1: so everybody not. Yeah, okay. There it is.
0: Well, it does mean, it does mean like...
1: I'm not going to. No, doing? no, no. That's uh, that's the advanced class next week at two thirty. Yeah. No, I'm not going there. Yeah. Sorry about that. We, uh, by the way, are in chapter six and verse sixteen. You should make a light for the ark. That is uh, the word zohar. Okay. So I always thought. That he sent out a raven. What happened to the raven? Did it come back with a bullet hole? I'm just trying to make sure. It just came back. Okay. Then he sent out, was it a turkey vulture? What was it? A dove! I already a dove! He sent out a dove! What happens to the dove? Comes back. Now, be honest. Be honest. Think back. Do you think he took that dove? How many does does he have in the ark? It took it took you a while, but there were seven male doves and seven female doves, right? Yes. Yep. I just want to be sure. Okay, so he sent out the dove, and the dove came back. Now, as I'm talking about this, can I get my Hebrew scholars to look at that verse and tell me: is the definite article there? Is it the dove, or is it a dove? Because I'm wondering, because the sages I was reading this week said. He sent out a different dove a second time. How many of you thought growing up, he sent the dove same out, dove. the dove came back, and I'm sending out the same dove again, and he comes back with a bullet? No, not a bullet. What? Olive. 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 It was it a branch? It was a was leaf? A, a little sprig. Whatever it can hold. Rosemary, something, you know, <laughs> herbage. Yeah, okay. And then he sent that same dove, I thought, and it it didn't come back. So where is that and is it the definite article? Did you get it, German? I mean no And no. yes, it says Which means
0: dove. Okay, so everybody
1: knows that the Hebrew word for dove is Jonah. Right? But the Hebrew name Noah really means rest. But re- okay. <laughs> it's uh, So it is, right? So eight what? 880 uh, eight eight. Eight eight. So we got we agree it's the dove. Death in the camp. <laughs> so, when you think dove, and the dove is coming in, I guess the window? This is on top. No. <laughs> oh, was there it's a deck? Was it like a cruise ship? I didn't think it was like a cruise ship. It was just like, Can you not get on the deck with all the deck chairs and all that? Dancing and all? I didn't think so. Like a submarine. I thought it was like a submarine, yeah. And we got like a little window with a rubber gasket sealed that's what I'm thinking he opens up the window and sends out the dove when you think dove and the dove coming back and alighting on Noah the righteous one what do you think of it? did you get it? did you get it? When, when you think of the dove coming in the light and alighting on the righteous one what comes to mind?
6: I mean, even uh, even just the whole scenario, you know, like saying that um, you know this new era of mankind is coming forth from Noah.
1: He's the know? foundation,
6: and it, you know, it's, it, it, it's 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 mindful of Messiah. Amen. Even in Isaiah 53, yes. it says that he shall see his seed. You know, so those who who come to faith through him, right? Um, you know. And use him as the example. Uh, become as he is. Like he said. He said, "May they be one, Amen. as we are." As we are one. one. Amen. Amen. All
1: right. So we see at least a picture of Messiah, which we should see with every time he can in the scriptures. I think that's cool. So, did everybody think growing up it was the same dove? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It looks like, according to the Hebrew, he took the dove. That first time, how about the second time? Did he take the Dove again? Or did he just grab Dove number six? <laughs> dove number six came back. I don't know that's the second time. Yeah, I so it's the Dove. Yes. I like it. Third time? Third time's champ. The Dove did not return. I'm always, I I thought I looked this one up myself. So, mm. so Wally. The Hebrew scholars are... Yeah, I think of Bam! So, same dove. The Baptist got it right. Scary but true. I know. It happens <laughs> once every 150 years. So, here's the question for you now. Where did the dove find the olive leaf, branch, twig? What do you call it? Something big enough to carry. Something big enough to carry. Where did you find that? In Israel, of course. Right, so the sages say the land of Israel. They never got flooded. That's a miracle too. Can you imagine being in the land of Israel? And of the, course, everybody got wiped out except Noah. So there's really nobody there. Oh yeah, yeah. So it really matters. matter. it was
2: an olive branch too, because it's better to have something bitter at the hands of God than something sweet that you didn't earn. That's cool. That's cool. The sages actually go out of their
1: way. Those that believe that the land of Israel was not flooded. And they say that that, I mean, we're talking about Mashiach. Where do you think that olive leaf came from? The, the sages it say came it came from the, the Mount of Olives. I like that too. Yes, ma'am.
0: The scripture says that the waters covered the whole earth.
1: I realize okay. that. I was talking about the sages, not the scripture. Well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, there, and there is, you know, a lot of back and forth. And a lot of times. Uh, most of the commentators will say but you know, that just doesn't match up with the literal text the plain, simple meaning of the text so they believe it must have come from the Garden of Eden whose gates were shut and is protected from the flood it doesn't matter it could have been from anywhere but the fact that the sages of Israel believe that it came from the Mount of Olives is pretty cool could it have come from the Mount of Olives? Why not? Because yeah. no matter where it was, the tree's growing. It's got some leaves. I have seven fruit trees along that fence line. Yeah. And we actually do. No fruit. Got more years for that. But we actually do get leaves. Because I watched them get eaten by those bugs. <laughs> but they do get leaves. And it doesn't take a long time to get the leaves. So could have been from that of all. But it wouldn't
0: it have been there when the first, when the raven went out? When the not necessarily. The
1: if the water had to drain off more so that uh, the vegetation could actually grow, you know yeah. how it gets waterlogged and it dies. That's how we lost, that's why we have raised beds here in the, in the uh, herbage farm.
0: What's interesting, if the dove, we can think of being a picture of Yeshua.
4: Yes, mm-hmm. or
1: the spirit. Or
2: the spirit, mm-hmm. and we have it being sent out and then coming. Then coming back.
1: Okay, I like that. I like that.
0: And then from the Mount of Olives,
1: I, returning, again, from the Mount returning
0: from the Mount of Olives. I just thought that sounds another.
1: Where where will our Master return? The
0: Mount of Olives.
1: He's going right, to put one, one foot on the Mount of Olives true. and split it, right? I mean, yeah. so this this is working. This I'm is playing out pretty good here. <laughs> this is pretty. <laughs> All right, other things that you saw so there
2: Are we just gonna come?
1: I'm, I'm up to chapter 7 with Noah getting into the ark now if you want to back up or go forward that's fine just uh, anything you want to bring up I've got a couple more points I'd like to make before we close I'll just kind of chime in if you
5: okay <clears throat> yes uh, so it says that it uh, came to pass in the 600 year first year in the first month uh, I'm sorry in the the wrong, wrong He's it, that it, he, it's the rain started in the second month on the seventeenth day of the month. Right. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. month was that? Okay, sure. What's the second month?
1: Or what? Or whatever. Second month. It's right after Nisan Or the one. from from where are you starting?
0: Yeah. The, well, the well, I, God God, God
1: numbers them in the scriptures from Pesach,
5: which is Nisan but he doesn't do that until the Exodus.
1: Correct. So um, Heshvan, just, say, just say it's Kashmir. Tishrei is the seventh month, but it's the first month for kings. Well, it's the first it's the pr- first month
5: of the creation of the world. Exactly. So in this time period If we start counting with number seven. in, in this time period, right, the first month. Tishri. Was Tishri, tishri. second, the second be, month was Heshvan, which, which is started written, today. right. So, <clears throat> um, and that's an important point because the religious calendar, as it were, was not instituted until Exodus chapter twelve. When you have a Passover, when we have a Passover, right? And then he says,
1: "from from from now." This first, should be the first of months right? for you. So, which explains the wording of the way he puts that. Right.
5: So. Uh, so the beginning of the world, and hence, you know, they would have reckoned time from Adam, right? Sure. And and Adam was created on the twenty uh, fifth of Elul, mm-hmm. according to the sages. And does everybody understand that? Elul is a month right before. I'm sorry, take it back. ...to Shri. The world was created on the 25th of, of, of Adam was created on
1: Tishri one on the 6th day. You got it now? He, he's backed up. So, you, if we're going to count time, we'll count the time from the first of Tishri. From Rosh Hashanah. From the head of the year. Well, that means if that's when we're going to start counting from, and that's Adam, then the world was created Five days before that, right? Because he was created on the sixth day.
2: Is everybody get it? Yeah. So we're counting from the very back end of the previous month. Well, it makes sense, too, because if you look at it that way, the um, if, you, if you treat it as like, okay, we're backdating from, how can you go backwards from the beginning of the year, and, and you've got six days previous, well, there's an explanation that says that it was the beginning of, God's creation, in that, yeah, He had made things beforehand, but it wasn't until man came on the scene, until Adam was here, that there was any way to appreciate the magnificence of everything that was surrounded with Him. Or for a body to start counting time. Exactly. All right.
1: So we're at the back end of Elul, the month before Tishri, and now we've got Rosh Hashanah, Tishri 1, and we've got Adam. Correct. Right. We got it. And so the, the
5: but uh, the point of me asking a question was just to make sure everybody understands that at this, at this juncture in history, there is only one calendar that was in operation, and it was reckoning from, from creation, not from Nisan.
3: From Adam. Uh. Right, from Adam. Uh, yeah. Excellent. So it doesn't change to the first month until, as you say, until she's Passover in Nissan, right? In the next right. Month.
1: And it makes sense the way he puts that. I always wondered, this shall be the first of months right. for you. Like
5: like they didn't know that before, if it had been that way all, all
1: right. the or, Right. Or, oh wait, we're supposed to count months? Yeah. I mean, they're obviously we're counting days and months and stuff like that, but he'd made a change. There's obviously, the, the verbiage seems to me that there's been a change. Right. Well, it's... It's... Not that he
5: changed. The original calendar still is in play. That's still how sure. we reckon time. Absolutely. And it's but still ahead of For the purposes here. of calculating the feast,
1: In the religious year. We now start from Nisan yeah. at that point. Up? Is that cool? Does that help? Yeah. So let me, let me ask you about the rainbow real quick. How many of you, when you look at a rainbow, think it's a great thing? <laughs> <laughs> look at it. Wow! I mean, <laughs> we're not all wet. <laughs> Well, the sages... The sages have it the other way around. They say every time you see a rainbow, God was about to... He saw the evil, and he would have poured out that water. Okay. (laughs) That's what the sages say.
2: That's cool, but it's still a representation
1: of grace. There's no question about that. But it is... God remembering his covenant with Noah. That's cool that God does remember and keep his covenants. What we should remember is the reason why he had to make the covenant was because of the wicked. The world was so wicked he had wiped it out. So the sages are not saying anything bad about God. They're saying, when you see the rainbow, remember not only is God gracious, but we are wicked. That should be our reminder to get rid of
2: Hamas in the world,
1: <laughs> no.
2: and and anything
1: going on in our own lives, right? Because yeah. so salvation begins <laughs> yeah. right here no. with me. Yeah. We'll work on you when we get me done. Yeah.
2: For me, whenever I, I see rainbow, it, it's proof that God exists because it's one of the he said he would do, and he it says it doesn't say that he did it once, and you know it's all it's going to happen from now on. It, it, it the way he worded it seems like he's going to do it every single time that you know that I've seen you know a lot of rainbows. So yeah. to me it's like God puts a rainbow in the sky every time. So if he's still there, he's
1: still affecting the world. I love it. I love it. Do you, do you does your Bible have it, you know, kind of majestic Lee? I beg your pardon, that's probably an adjective for Naibor. Um does it say when it rains, I will put my bow in the sky, in the cloud, does it put it like that? Or do you have some yeah. kind of funky Verse
3: version 13.
1: What's it say? What's yours say? I, set my, bow in the I cloud. set my bow in the cloud. Is that that looks like an English Bible? You're reading left to right, there, are you? I'm just checking. Left to
5: right. Left to right. Okay. <laughs> so, keeping with this time thing. Yeah. Right. So then it says that the you know the waters fell for you know 150 days, and you know, and when you, and and then when you get to uh, verse, uh, what is this? Um, um, I guess it would be verse um, 13 um, maybe 14 713? Uh, 814 eight, yeah and it says uh, I'm sorry 8-4 it says uh, and the ark came to rest in the 7th month on the 17th day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat when would the 7th month be?
1: oh man So counting from Tishri then Cheshvan. Then uh, it's Case not Siva. Kislev. Kislev. Kislev will be the next one. Yeah, right. So that's the third. What you want? The seventh? Hold cow. Wait, you you the know seventh? Know Nissan. Is it Nissan? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's <fine>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it came
5: to rest in the month of Nissan on the seventeenth day. Oh. What happens on the seventeenth
1: day? Wow. Is bickering?
0: Bickering. Mm.
1: First fruits. Yes. You're scary good sometimes. <laughs> so um
0: uh, sometimes it's just scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's
5: scary <laughs> <laughs> so the so point is uh, uh,
6: you know, we, we have the whole connection
5: with Pesach, right, is the, the whole idea that you know that Messiah came and was that peace offering Right, and he he would have been offered up, you know, three days prior, but um, in the middle of that week, you know, we have the offering of the first fruits. Resurrection is the theme here, right? Yes. Well, God just wiped out the entire planet, and it's it's almost as if he's starting over now with with. uh, New life, as it were, mm-hmm. in this righteous man in and his family, right? That's good. And it happens; they come to rest. Mr. Rest comes to rest on this. Noah means rest on this particular day, which is forever significant in, first in, first. The, uh, in God's coming for His people, right? Mm. But,
1: mm. And of course, he can't. You can't eat from the fruit of the land. Until first, fruit. right. And he couldn't eat what was outside until that ark came to rest. Perfect. I right. like. Hmm. That's good. That's good. By the way, I, I, I need to lift up my uh, my friend Greg. Um, we're we're trying to keep the Sabbath, especially today with the Shabbos project. Um, he's using my midrash book. So he doesn't have to schlep his Midrash book here on Shabbos. That's noteworthy. Amen. You should think about that. He's doing the best he can to try and not violate Shabbat. He's got to drive. He's got to drive. And I still have to schlep other things. Other stuff. But, you know, it is neat. And I, I, I notice things like that. I want to notice things like that in your life. Every little bit you yeah. can. Amen. Okay, so tell me about the door of the ark. It's really heavy? It's really heavy. How do you know that? Noah
2: couldn't, close
1: it. Noah couldn't close it? Or Noah never tried? Huh? It was shot for him. Who put him in the ark? Come into the ark. I think it's come. It's bow, I think, right? Yeah. So it could become or go. Go into the ark, come into the ark. And you could play it either way. But the point is, God closed the door. So I, I ask you, now, why does God then later, after the date we just talked about with Greg, why, once it's come to rest, we send out the raven and the dove and the dove and the dove, why does God say, go out of the ark there's no right or wrong put yourself in no shoes. maybe open the door and say come on out he could have said that but it doesn't say open the door doesn't say open the door door. go out from the ark why did he have to tell him he's already done his dub deal he's already got green
0: instruction before he went
1: in God never told him to send out a dove He
0: didn't?
1: No That's my point That's exactly my point Gloria He waited for instruction before and did and it goes out of its way The scripture says Noah did everything exactly like God told him to. Where have we heard that phrase before about a guy? The
0: Messiah said But he only did and said
1: But the scripture says that same phrase. Moses. Moses. Moses, when he built the tabernacle, he did everything exactly according to the way God said to do it. Mm-hmm. And then we got a problem. It doesn't work. God is able to dwell there, but now we still can't get in, and we got the whole priesthood, so that's good. And yes, the master said something very similar. I'm not doing this on my own. I'm just doing what I'm told to do, exactly. But if, if Noah did everything exactly as he was told... Why did he send up a dove? What's up with that? And then, if he's now taking matters into his own hands, and we've already got everybody killed, we've got little scratch marks on the outside of the boat, <laughs> which is scary and sad. And there's no more bodies floating alongside anymore. It was more like a submarine, by the way, under the water. So, why does God need to tell him to leave the
4: ark? The Lubavitcher, the Lubavitcher, had a cool teaching on that, on how the ark is um, like a parallel to someone's comfort zone and being surrounded by God's miracles and God's provision. And it's hard, it's hard to leave that. And he points through all different types of um, uh, um, scenarios in Jewish history where the, where the Jews were very comfortable, very complacent, and, and then God does something to force them kind out. Kind
1: motivate them exactly. to move. Yeah. And, exactly.
4: and, and he says it could be anything such as academia where someone's so comfortable with it Know, they spend their entire lives pursuing just the knowledge and never apply it in the real world. Mm. Um, and but that's that's the arc for them. Or it could be, you know, someone is just in yeshiva their entire life, and that's their arc. And God will do something eventually to force them out of it, if um, because they're they're not
6: willing to come out on their own.
4: Sure. You know, mm.
1: If you were no, would you leave?
6: It kept you safe. It or saved, it saved your life. Guess, yeah. It
1: saved your life. And now you've got a pretty good living shoveling the third.
6: Level. They, were, they were a little afraid. They were scared they got to come up. Could be. Could be. Yes, sir. I don't know if Noah
2: was an animal guy, but. <laughs> he is now. He is now. If, if, if I were him,
0: I would want to get off the yard as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you.
1: So, uh, let's check and see if we can yeah. leave. Dove, go, Dub, go. Oh, uh, darn. Uh, so I
2: have two, two, two theories. Um, first, maybe he sent out the doves because he was running on bird feet He let all birds go. Clever clever. <laughs> clever. It was, he couldn't leave because he simply couldn't open the door So he had to wait for God to open the door Could be, I like
1: that You know what the sages say Who do the sages talk about all the time? David They talk about Messiah all the time Now you never hear that in the, in the Christian expression of the church, right? We hear that the sages are evil people and coming up with anything they can to prove that Jesus is not the Messiah. But if you read the sages of Israel, as he's doing right now, they talk about Messiah all the time. There is a group of people on the planet that is waiting for and hoping for the coming of Messiah more than anybody I've ever met. And, you know, sadly, it's not about (laughs) this. The sages say this. What happens... In the world to come with the animals. We read Isaiah today because it's Rosh Kodesh. But what does Isaiah say about the world to come and the way animals act? Lying and lying and the lion and lamb will lay down together. A child can put his hand in the scorpion's nest, no big deal. The animals get along. Well, it seems to say why did, why did God have to tell Noah to leave the ark? Because he was living in an expression of the world to come, where God had miraculously caused the animals to stay together without trying to eat one another or him. Yeah, And it was like the blessings we'll have in the world to come. Who would want to leave in spite of the cleanup mess? I get it. And maybe there was no cleanup mess. I mean, it's like the angels, right? In heaven, you'll be like the angels, neither eating or drinking or giving in marriage. Uh, so many people think you're not going to go to the bathroom. Maybe that's where the animals are, which would really help Noah out, I think, a lot. Can you imagine being his sons? I'm not sleeping this anymore. I can that's a tiny window. I just, you know, maybe in the world to come, the animals are together. We don't have to worry about all that stuff. Who would want to leave? And that's what the sages say. They look at God as being consistent. This is his plan. This is what he will do. And this is just a microcosm of him doing that so that we might see. The sages say that Israel repeats what the sages do, what the, what the patriarchs do. So what Noah went through, we get to go through. And we will be in a time where we have been protected by Hashem Himself and the animals will be different than we know them today. And it will be like heaven on earth. It will be a place where God has it back the way it used to be. You know what? I like that. I can read these guys all day. In fact, I do read these
2: guys all day. (laughs) So, but um, so the sages see that, that that he didn't close the door at that first. Mm-hmm. That's not that verse means. Right? What's
1: that? What's that verse mean? What meet? What is that?
2: It means that it just says he cut off, he cut off, or he closed off in front of Noah. So that that would mean that he took away the ramp. He surrounded the ark with wild beasts because people were trying to storm the ark. But if he he was trying, if he was closing the door, they would have said he closed the door. The ark. Cool.
1: Cool. Other comments before we move on? Cool story, yes? Yes. Do you believe it? How many of you believe that there there was actually a worldwide flood? A spiritual flood. I <laughs> no, 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 I'm serious. serious. Hold your hands up if you believe there's a physical water flood wiped out the planet. Everybody with Peter. Is that right? Everybody with Peter? Everybody? Oh, Peter too? Oh, you can Put your hands down.
4: He said it's a spiritual flood of atheism. I heard.
0: Of what? <laughs> of atheism. A
1: spiritual flood of atheism. I was
0: just making a joke.
1: Okay. Okay. So, you know, if you're going to rise up to be an elder in the community, you know, you got to watch those jokes, bud. You know, they're going to go, wait a minute, it's like, <laughs> watch the jokes. get <laughs> what okay. I do. Okay. Okay, so. Good. Good. How long was it in the heart? How long was he in the ark? Was you know, How was that? Twenty days, nights. No, we that was that was the rain. one year, it was year,
3: one year and ten days. About
1: a year and a year and a couple of days. Yeah, a, a, year a, a year and a week. A year and week. How many of you have experience with or are but don't want to admit it, and that's okay. A prepper. How many of you experienced talking to a prepper? <laughs> <laughs> Only one person talking to a prepper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like prepper. Prepper. Every breakfast. Yeah. So. Better explain, Preppers better prepper. Okay. A prepper is someone who is waiting for either meltdown. They're waiting, either,
2: melt down. They're waiting for down. some
1: type of of it's economic bad. meltdown. <laughs> you know, the currency's no good. And it's going to go to hell in a handbasket and there'll be roving zombies trying to steal your food and, and life and so forth. Or <laughs> so a, lot of, a lot of fun television then, which right? saying, The government the government is going to get corrupt in America. Canada might come along. Like, Right? <laughs> and and they will steal our rights and come in and sure, and rape the, the women and take our homes and it'll be terrible and, <laughs> why we need to and, and, and right, okay. So or there'll be some type of why we're nuclear we're At least five handlers, right? That's right, that's right. There'll be a nuclear disaster <laughs> and now there's no more potable water and so so the prepper believes that we must well harvest the ice prep. We need to prepare. We should have a room that's filled with a year's worth of food because food will be unavailable. Potable water. You know, I've got, I've got guys that actually coming to me and asking me if they can buy into part of the pool water. Should there be some type of disaster and we're, you know, months in our home and everybody's dirty and you've got roving bandits with guns just trying to steal the wood from your floor so they can make uh, fire to stay warm? Goods stuff and like alcohol. that these are preppers these are the guys buying you know World War II gas masks that haven't been used for during the apocalypse and stuff like that you know this is a prepper so I am I have been. I have been introduced to the to the prepper community so with regard to the preppers I actually have on very good authority Exactly how much food is necessary for a guy, his wife, who we assume is extraordinarily thin, and three sons, who are probably pretty beefy, but have three very thin wives. (laughs) (laughs) This is eight people. Eight people have to survive, I guess, without killing any animals. (laughs) I don't know. God, about the giraffes. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) they're kosher (laughs) 7 of every clean animal by twos 46 of every steak by twos so a year's worth of food for 8 people a year and 10 days does not leave a lot of room (laughs) without freeze dry capability um, for a lot of animals a lot of people tell us that the animals on the ark were not really the animals we have now, because your saber-tooth tiger, which is realistically from this side of the table almost all the way to Mark, it's a big animal. These are big guys. Well, they were gopher-sized, you know, back then. That's it. The- Elephants, maybe this big. I mean, here, come on. Wait, I mean, really. That's what the naysayers said. We can get all the animals on the second floor and just fill the poop on the third floor because the animals are so tiny. I don't know. All I know is I eat more than a lot of people do, and eight of me is going to take up a big amount of room. Have you read this portion? How many of you read the portion? How many of you remember reading where it said, Noah, go out into the fields, and when you're talking to that guy who owns the cornfield about whether or not he's going to be righteous or wicked... Washed away or saved, get a bucket of corn from him and bring it into the ark. That's not there. Where is his food? Is he eating the animals? Maybe he's eating the animals. we I mean, get seven, right?
4: What if eight cows came instead of seven?
1: All right, so, oh, yeah, so there came. it is. <laughs> Noah's allowed to send out the the doves and make sure that you know it's so safe to get off, and so he's doing a little bit on his own. So you know. Seven male cows, seven female he cows, let's bring an eighth one. What? He didn't eat any animals. He didn't eat any animals. Did he bring food? 621, What's, What's got? You
0: take to yourself of every food that is eaten and gathered into yourself. It should be food as you and for them. So, Very good. what are they
1: doing? Yeah. Feeding lions, yes. herbage. Feeding, it must be herbage, yeah. They're Grains. They're all vegetarian, including the animals. So now, He's got I wish I had like ninety preppers in the room because they'd be just, you know, doing cartwheels. Here we got the figure out how big the ark is, and it's not only big enough to hold all the animals, eight people, but now all the food for the animals and for themselves. That was
0: one that's time. either it that was one entire
1: deck of the boat. That's either a miracle
2: <laughs> or a very austere diet. Or both. Well, Keeping that herbage from spoiling
1: yeah. is yet another miracle. miracle. Now, can our God do miracles that are weird like that? Is yes. the miracle of him providing food for his people for 40 years. Six million people. That's at the beginning. 40 years. Of course, we lost a generation. They died. I
3: wonder if they
1: gave him food. Anyway. <laughs> so he fed the people for 40 years in the wilderness. Yeah. I realized this this past year, that wasn't the miracle for me. The miracle was the clothes, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. the shoes didn't wear out. Forget I mean, the, the shoes, man. The clothes. Yeah, the kid leaves, he's four years up? old. How big is Ben? Ben was this big. Yeah. Now Ben's this big same clothes. Oh,
0: man.
1: How's that work? We're not doing that wow. midriff uh, shirt thing. No, no, no. Yeah. Right? So yeah, our God can do those miracles. Hands. Our God can do those miracles. So when you read the story of Noah now, I would hope that the miracle is not just the rainbow in the sky. I mean, that's, that's great. But let's think about the day-to-day stuff, because this is really an amazing deal. Okay. I have one more point. What else you got?
0: I just want to. Ask a question. Yes, ma'am. You know, you have all the rabbis that you know are in the Mishnah, or you know things that they said. You know, and they don't all agree.
1: Oh no, they never you know, agree
0: on what. On what? So how are we to put, supposed to read that, and not we shouldn't receive everything that we read, correct?
1: Um, I'm not because hearing a the, question.
0: If they disagree, someone's not. If they don't all agree, why, What? how are we supposed to glean from that? Yeah, I want to this, know.
1: This, it's a great question. So, Just make sure that you're not thinking from the get-go that we should read it like Scripture and get an answer. That's it's,
3: my real question.
1: Okay, so, so yeah. go, go ahead. I mean, you guys can come Have up with great Have you ciphered
0: answer. through
1: all of it? Have you or read it? Things? Have you read it? Have you read the Talmud? I hear you, reading Because it it's, it's actually, uh, when I started reading it a couple of years ago, it's different than anything I've ever read before. Mm-hmm. I would have thought it was, you know, you read about Moses this way, here's the real deal. We know that, and they give you the straight skinning. Now we're going to move on to something else. It's not like that at all. They tell stories, and they argue with one another. Right. I say it's this way. The other guy says, no, I I said it's that way. So the first guy says, well, it's this way because... And now he quotes Scripture. Okay, that makes sense. Then the other guy says, hmm, yeah, well, it's my way because... And he quotes Scripture. What's...
0: I would say, it should verify with the Scripture. They
1: both will quote the Scripture. Both sides. Mm -hmm. Because it's not a right or wrong thing like we get. That's that's the way we've been taught to think. That's not it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean...
5: The presupposition is that it that everybody has to agree, or
1: if one's right,
5: everybody else is wrong, mm-hmm. right? And that's, that's and and I mean that's the reason why we have I um, don't only how many thousands of denominations of Christianity exactly because this group is right and therefore everybody else is wrong, right? And I'm the only one that has the truth, and so if you don't agree with my you know, version of the truth, then you're a heretic, you're a hypocrite, you're a... And I need hypocrite. to move to another church. Right, so I'm going, start, I'm going to start another denomination. That's right. So, the presupposition that uh, the, the whole the whole issue is we, we can all read the Scripture and we know what the Scripture says. There's no debate about what Scripture says. The debate is what does it mean and how does it apply? So... Um, so, that, so to, help, to help understand, to help reach uh, you know, an understanding on what the interpretation is, and uh, there's, it's completely possible to have multiple interpretations that are all valid, okay? So it's how do you interpret it? And when you go to interpret something, that requires a filter, that requires you to make judgments about how you're going to understand something or not understand something, or how you're going to apply something or not apply something. And what happens is we all use um, commentary to do that. Even people who say, I only look at the scripture, they are, if, they're, if we're all honest with ourselves, we all use commentary. Commentary is not a bad thing, right? There are godly people, Jews and Christians, who have gone before us, who have studied and have been devoted, and God has given them insight, and we can glean from them. And we'd be idiots to not glean from their the understanding that they that they have. Does that mean they have it all figured out? No, right? So the the whole the whole thing about um, you know whether it's a whether it's a uh, Christian commentary like a Matthew Henry,
0: mm.
5: or a you um, know, you know, or you know, or, or are you, know, you going to understand? Are you going to understand end times by reading Tim LaHaye because he's got an interpretation of, of end time you know, events, right? So, uh, or are you going to use? Um, you know, Michael Rood or Nehemia Gordon, or are you going to use no. the Talmud and the Sages, or, or my favorite, are you going to make up your own? Right? Because if we're all honest, if I'm have my, own, if I'm making, if I'm creating my own commentary, then you know, it, then that's what I'm doing. But the point is, we all have to interpret Scripture through um, a, through a filter, and that and that typically is a commentary of some type. It and that's not bad. It doesn't. Commentaries. I mean, there's reasons why God gave people, um, and gave us scholars, and gave us people who are who have devoted their entire lives. Does that mean they're always right? Of course not. But that doesn't mean that we should not um, utilize the the insights that they have. Yeah.
1: So. And before I go into the other two guys, I just want to reiterate. When I have read the Talmud, I have been astonished that it is not a yes or no book. That's not what it's for. It strictly is to get different views and opinions. And as such, I have found it to be now an invaluable resource, because they'll bring up stuff, as I'm trying to do with you today. Almost everything I've raised for you today has not come from my Christian background, but from me just reading the sages, and they bring up these questions, and you're like, well, gosh, I never thought of that, what? and after they raise the question they got three or four different guys that have three or four different answers the answer that they give is not right or wrong it's their perspective so it's up to us then to look at the scripture and see now I've got a wise man who knows the scriptures well who has said it's because of this and I gave you one of those earlier and you go but yeah well, that doesn't jive with the scripture that's what that guy said this is what I think but of course that doesn't jive with the scripture. And he stops there, he's done. Okay, I guess we're gonna come back to that next year when he gets a little more insight. <laughs> That's the way the Talmud is.
4: That, and I would say, being able to un- to understand how it's supposed to be read or, or taught is also important. For example, if I were to tell you what's the purpose of The Boy Who Cried Wolf, the story, right. what's the truth the, behind it? And the truth is if you give too many false alarms, people will not believe you when there really is Cause to be alarmed. Right. So whether or not there was a really a boy who actually called wolf and you know, in some little village or whatever is completely irrelevant to the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. The, the the Talmud does that all the time. Or actually, more so the Midrash does that all the time. And whether or not Moses battled with wonderful with stories. with with, with a demon over his body on I mean, that has nothing to do with the point that it's trying to say. Um, sure. So it, yeah. So that's a bit because the Greek mindset will want to look at things very literally, mm-hmm. and the Christian mindset will will just sort of say oh, I just want to know what what you know what. What to do according to the scriptures, but the the Hebrew, the Hebrew mindset. Well, how do I even know what scriptures mean in the first place? Like I, right. you know, I, I, I there's a level of of humility when it comes to kind of looking at uh, men who poured life the, their lives over these concepts, and we're um, and we able to debate them enough with 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 others as well. I
1: know. Good.
6: Um, and just like a, just a testimony for me is that um, the first. Uh, uh, Torah Reserved, messianic community I came into pretty much shunned like the use of the Talmud you know they it was just Torah only right. you know and so um, uh, being introduced to you guys it just took a little while you knew that already we had a discussion about that uh, but uh, to realize that you know for these guys to learn some of the concepts right this is where tradition plays a huge role factoring, you know, uh, with all the distractions out there for children, you know, like what we're getting ready to come up with, you know, everything, you know, you, you see all these other holy days, you see how they're kept, you see, you know, some of us don't even want our children a part of it, right. you know, and so the traditions uh, that are taught um, help to seal that with your family, and mm-hmm. I see that now, you know. And, There's some value. Yeah, they have some value. And if you remember what Messiah said, right? He said, your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. Right? right? Then, the, then the sages who brought this on. And then you see some of the writings of Stephen. What he said about Moses isn't documented. Some of the things he said isn't documented in the actual records. So where do you he hear say, that from? Where did he hear that from? How did he know that? that? Story? Right. You know, like with the taliq. You know, what did "beside me" mean when he said, go into your closet, did he have closets? Yeah. When we think of closet, right, we think of like, you know, look, I'm gonna walk in my closet, grab this sweater, da, da, da. Did he, was he talking about a closet? You know what I'm saying? So like, when you see, you know, now looking at the writings of some of the rabbis and things like that, it's like, um, you know, you can hear what this guy says in the, cryptu- the scriptures that he quotes. this guy says in the scriptures that he quotes, right, and then you read the scripture for yourself. Right, and you know, it's like uh, like sifting for gold, you know. It's, you know, you got your like he said, a filter, you and know? having and a sage like sitting on either side, yeah, man. The and gains. these guys spent their life studying
1: yeah. those things, yeah. you know,
6: and that's pretty awesome. And let's let's take a very famous
5: passage, Isaiah 53. If you were just to pick up the text, the, the scroll of Isaiah, and read Isaiah 53 as it is written. And you had no other influence at all, would you just read the surface text there and suddenly see um see you know Messiah, let alone specifically Yeshua? That, the only reason we now know that Isaiah 53 is about Messiah is because of the traditional understanding that is coming down and otherwise if you just read it just there's no mention of Messiah there's I mean there's no I mean there's you know we can see him in it now because of all the other understandings we have from other sources but but if we didn't have those understandings we wouldn't and you're just looking at the surface level of the text you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily see that. Sure. So it's, uh, so, you know, so, so should we throw out all of the understandings and commentaries and other things that we've learned down through the years on Isaiah 53? No, we'd be stupid to do that. Because they they, 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 have they, they, have, they have valuable insight to it. And
1: mm. Good. All right, so one, one uh, more quick deal here. I want to, I want to talk very quickly about the water. Seem to be a bunch of water.
2: Just a little
1: bit. Now they say that there's it's not possible. The scientists say it's, it can't rain enough to flood the planet. It cannot happen. It's impossible. And even if there was knee-deep water everywhere on the planet no one would drown. That's a lot of water. From whence did the water Beneath ground we have, we have water from two places. Above, above. Below. below. It's good. Now left and right. Above and below. You were quick on it though. I got it. So something busted down below,
2: and, and we're canopy.
1: filling up with water like a fish tank.
2: And the ice canopy be above the earth broke. <laughs> and if you if you've done
1: a study of the um, of the creation story, um, I I personally believe there was a suspended ice canopy because of the way there was, with the high pressure and so forth, and people living as long as they did, we can produce that today. If you go into a barometric chamber, a lot of athletes do that, to heal faster, because of the high pressure, they do, they heal faster. And they'll live longer, if they could stay in this high pressure. So I, I get that, so there, there may have been an ice canopy, on, and boom, now we get all that water coming down. The sages talk about that, that God sent all the water down on top of them, at once. 40 days of water, at once and he poured it down gently with grace and when it hit them, their wickedness caused it to be judgment it's a lot of water though so I'm, I just want to close by thinking back to a um, talk that Rabbi Gimpel gave uh, to Bella Torah. it was a year or two ago I guess um, over at the Old Uh, Levine Center and uh, and he said the fish are perfect animals I'm sitting in the back and I'm like the fish are perfect animals? what's up with that? oh yeah well they they survive the flood I never thought of that the fish made it through how many of you thought about that before you heard about it did you think about that? I never thought about it The fish made it through. There must be an awful lot more fish now. A lot more water. More time. It gives you a new perspective on salmon. It really does. does. (laughs) As far as dinner goes. so I... um, I wasn't sure we'd have time to get into the whole ham um, deal. That would be the ham thing um, with seeing the dad's nakedness and so forth. Um, and with only really nine minutes left, I don't know that it's, it's worth going there unless you have a burning desire to talk about a naked man. But, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe that's what you want to talk about.
4: Uh, we
1: don't have to
0: talk about that. Or we can talk about the other signs. All right. Well, that's funny because Ham means hot. Ham means hot. You said burning desire. Burning <laughs> desire <laughs> oh,
1: means hot. Okay. That's, that's like an epic <laughs> Hebrew thought. <Hebrew> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It didn't even know, too. So, Last comments on this story of God's judgment on the world. And I just, you know, if there's no other comments, I just want to make it clear. If you don't believe that the Flood happened, then I would question your belief in God. Because that's what Peter said. And it's the non believers that say that the flood never happened. So if you don't want to believe that the flood ever happened, well then, did Abraham really happen? Did the cross really happen? It may seem far-fetched to you that that much water could wipe out that many people. Or that God, that Old Testament God, mean and judgmental and always killing people and telling other people to kill people, would kill people. But quite frankly, the apostolic writers used the flood to motivate people to righteousness. Because we got water the first time, and what do we get the second time? Fire. Fire. Yeah, maybe that's nuclear holocaust and the preppers are right. I don't know! (laughs) Start saving water. Bottom line is, if you don't believe that God judged the world in righteousness and saved one guy and his family, then you don't have a concept of what family's about, you don't know who God is, and there will be a future judgment where my king will show up finally, I feel like Robin, will finally show up, set up his kingdom and if you're not on his side you will die it's as simple as that it's like you know the uh, winner of the world series ahead of time <laughs> so Sitting yes. my buddy. back to the future
4: too um, chapter 9, 27 we talked about this at our table last night let's
1: see, I'm at 9, 18 9, 12 oh you're right near the end of that chapter so
4: this is where Noah is blessing his sons after he christians oh yeah the son. tense thing right, so it yeah. says <laughs> and may God extend Japheth but he will dwell in the tents of Shem and make Cain to be a slave to both of them. But Yefet um, is where we get the modern day Hebrew word for Yofi, which means uh, pretty, and you hear it a, as slang all the time, like oh, like oh, that's that's such a pretty thing, or something like that. Okay. Or, um, so so it means beautiful or pretty, and modern day descendants of Japheth would be Ionia, also known as Greece. So the who who,
1: who calls it Ionia anymore? What are you doing with that oh, Ionia? Ionia? Well, will,
4: actually it wasn't called Greece until more recently. That's what more recently, like two thousand years. I feel like okay. Persia was called Persia. Okay. I okay. Anyways, okay. Oh, I got you. But
1: the Ionian Peninsula. Exactly. Right. I got you. Yeah. Right. So
4: the and what is the the anthem of the Grecian culture is always physical perfection. Right. Bifa, sure. Right. So God says, may God may may God extend that part of Japheth but he will dwell in the tents of Shem. And Shem, his descendants obviously being the children of Israel. Right. And where does true physical perfection, which the Western world just takes that and runs with it? And thus we have the uh, everything from Roman physical perfection which which they worshipped, it's which now is adopted by every Western culture. Right. Right. so God is saying, there's nothing wrong with that unless but only if it's in the tents of Shim, that's where it's actually supposed to be. So God says, May God it so Noah says, "May God extend the uh, Japheth, but may he dwell in the tents of Shem." And that's kind of like the, the, the Hebraic um, world versus the, the Grecian world.
1: So keep it. keep it in its perspective. Right. Yes. Oh, okay. that's
4: good. And, yeah. And one other slightly different
5: interpretation of the same verse is when it says, "In and may he dwell in the, in the tents of Shem." Uh, one understanding is that the subject of Make he dwell, the he there is Hashem. Right. So make God dwell in the tents of, Hashem, of Shem, yeah. which of course
1: he did, the tabernacle. That's cool.
3: Yes. Can I add one more to that? Absolutely. <laughs> um, morning, gave, about, uh, what I've What I've read before, too, is that it's possibility that Japheth is the representative um, of the nations. Itself, and that it's the nations will find protection. So those once they once they enter into this relationship with, with with Hashem, they will dwell in that in that tent, they will be under his protection. That's cool. Not until they have that relationship. And,
1: and quite frankly, in Messianic days, they don't even need to be believers. They don't even need to acknowledge that. As long as they go up for Sukkot, mm-hmm. they will receive his protection and get the rain. Otherwise they won't. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's good.
2: Just sure, yes. I was going to chime in a little bit here about how, um, in light of recent events or lack of action, as it were, on the part of the Supreme Court in um, relationship to um, just relationships in general. We'll just, you know
1: what we're talking about? Well, we're talking about homosexual marriage, exactly. homosexual unions.
2: In the United States of America, sorry for boring you. Well, it. you you can. I think there's no scriptural evidence here to say that this deviancy, as it were, to, to use the colloquialism, from the way God planned relationships to be, was specifically the cause of the downfall. Of, of basically all mankind except for Noah and his family. And it goes back to his father, Lamech. So um, do we have a couple minutes? You do have a couple of minutes. Okay, so... Oh, look at the time. <laughs> um, really cool I um When you're looking at Lamech, you know, anyone who's studied Hebrew at all knows that the letters not only have a sound a number value associated with them and, and a picture uh, like a pictograph. Well, obviously the way those letters are arranged are very important. Uh, take for instance Lamech's name You have got Lamed Nam Kaf. Right? Well, those are also the same three letters that make up the word melech for king. And so if you take the three letters and you assign like a, uh, to each letter its own characteristic, so for lamed, the left, the heart, the center of our emotional thoughts. For mem, the moach, the, the brain from, where, from which we make our intelligent decisions, the, the kaf, which is uh, the cup the liver, which is uh, also got a connotation of like our physical desires. Okay, so the way in which these are ordered, then you've got Malik, who is he's thinking first, he's thinking. Then he's got emotional decisions that he's got to make. Finally, he's got the, um, the physical. Desires that are he's been able to subdue up to this point. The exact opposite of this is kalem, to, which in Hebrew is shame. So they're thinking first with their physical desires. They've got a little bit of brain working, and, and, they're, and then they're then they're going through their uh, their emotional qualities. And then brains last. Well, Lamech, on A, Lamech B, since you know that was Noah's father's name and Noah's wife's father's name. There's two different Lamechs, They're somewhere in the middle. They're somewhere in the middle. They're not completely depraved, but they're definitely not exhibiting the kingly qualities that of that arrangement of the letters Well we know that Lama a he you know was the first guy to have two wives yeah. specifically wanted one for familial reasons <clears throat> and one for pleasure. you know the one who doesn't have the headache or the, or the nagging kids all the time or, or can always have his attention. But, you know, he always wanted he did want to have a family as well. And then, well Lamech B, Noah's father, he saw in Noah, alright, this is this is the guy, my son. This is gonna usher in a new generation. Because it makes reference specifically to the curse that Adam had placed on him. Mm-hmm. Alright, so what's what's the curse? That the earth will not quickly yield its produce. Well, wanted the separation of responsibility of you know basically child rearing and, and the pleasure. Well, lot of B he wanted this this association between economic prosperity with less work. I mean we got Noah, we got the rest now. So what happens is we read about, there's a cool different take on the, the Nephilim, the fallen one how these basically they're, they're uh, without getting into a lot of detail over it, they're basically being born without fathers, without father figures, and so these, these men become the um, immoral degradation of society over time, and you know when they see, okay, well, I didn't grow up in a family where that was revering marriage and, and you know loving father and, and wife you know and, and, and mother working together and everything. so over time it just you know God gave them 120 years to turn their ways around. instead of it getting any better, it actually steadily declined to its you know ultimate bottoming out well. These sons, these offspring, are, you know, they get to the point where they're like, well, in, in sort of taking where Lamech had started, Gay started with separating the the responsibility of raising sons or children from the pleasure, well... over time it just get, keeps getting worse and they don't, they're like okay, we're not being married. We just want to take pretty women for ourselves. And so the world had become populated with people like this. And, and the word um, corrupt, all flesh had become corrupt, it actually has a connotation of idolatry and sexual immorality. Mm. So these are the the two main causes there, and then also saw that the qualifier had become filled with violence or robbery, Hamas. All this adds up to the the breaking away from the way God has prescribed the way marriage should be in the first place, the the union between husband and wife and mm-hmm. the way they're bringing children up into the world Noah proved to be a tikkun, repair for this because at the end of Parsha Sheep it just says, okay, he begat three, you know Shem and Yephet it's not until the beginning of the next portion that it says Okay, he raised three sons. So something happened in the intervening time between the end of Parsha Bereshit and the beginning of Parsha Noah. What happened? Well, prior to their being born, he had already been 20 years into this building project in the backyard. He's the guy who's saying, Okay, guys, we've got time to fix it, turn it around. The unpopular opinion. Well, his sons... Are being brought up in this. What was once being ignored turned to ridicule, and then when they see that things are, wow, this guy's right, you know, became chastised and and even attacked because of this. You know, so the comment about the wild beasts, Mm -hmm. you know, earlier about letting, you know, keeping the people who wanted to get into the ark, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So Noah in the, the way he raised his sons actually provided a, a, a correction a mm-hmm. for the way his father had basically led the world on this path that had abandoned, a, abandoned it and, and led to its eventual destruction. Mm. So I just some cool
1: thoughts there that was more than two minutes it was pretty heavy but I, did, was, I didn't, I didn't, it I didn't cool. say it was going to be two it minutes. was cold, <laughs> <laughs> it was cold. Um, I, I think uh, I think hearing some concepts of what could have caused God to feel sorry that he actually made the world absolutely um, certainly has some value I don't know that we can ever know but certainly he doesn't like homosexuality we know that two ways number one he said so. that's a biggie I think <laughs> God said it holy cow what's the second holy one more? thank you very much he wiped out two towns who were known to practice that in fact homosexuality is the practice of Sorry. sodomy Get it? Sodom, Right? So, once again, I, I was trying to be very clear. If you think the flood story is nothing but a big story, you don't obviously believe that God has and will again judge the world. And to Johnny's point, if you think that homosexuality is just, you know, a personal choice and we should you know, <coughs> embrace it. You obviously don't know my God. I don't know which God you got, but that's not the one who said and did very clear actions on that.
0: Very clear.
1: But of course and I know I'm preaching to the choir. If you want to stand out in the marketplace and say that homosexuality is an abomination to God, what must you be doing in your own life? you got to be keeping it straight. You, you have to be no. eating kosher. <laughs> if you're not eating kosher, then the other thing that he specifically said was an abomination, which, by the way, is swine flesh, all you're doing is playing right into their hands and saying, oh, that was then, this is now, that was that God, this is this God. Hey, leave me alone. If I you really want to date, yeah, that's... <laughs> that is just what about thou
2: shalt not murder?
0: That's another one along the same lines.
1: Thou shalt not murder. It's the other hot button, <laughs> which we don't want to go into right now. Abortion. 15. Oh, oh, yeah. I think everybody in the room, yeah, including yeah. me, was going, We just went from homosexuality to murder. I missed the segue. <laughs> now Sorry. I got it with the babies. Yes, yeah. okay. Yeah, can't disagree. Wow. Can't disagree. So. Yeah, so I
2: have a really quick one it's really quick when it talks about the corruption it is really quick when it talks about the the level of corruption that the world was on and he said the end of all flesh is before me he didn't say the end of all mankind he meant all flesh in, in two contexts the animals weren't spared that's the first one and then, except for the ones that were bottoms into the ark, which suggests that perhaps they were engaging in deviant behavior as well. The world had become so bad. But also that basar, the word there is is, is just flesh. It's just meat. It, 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 it connotes that there's like any absence, the complete absence of anything spiritual at all. in, sure. in, in a the, carnal in the thing exactly in the, in the Greek Sar. Greek. Good.
1: Yes. Final comments? Yes, ma'am.
2: This, this parsha gives us a lot to think about. As he said, that the end days will be like, as the times of Noah. That's right. No. Yeah,
1: it's it wasn't an aberration that went away and we can forget about. It. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've if you've read anything of the uh, Creation Research Institute and some of those other folks, um, probably the, the greatest thing to look at is the Grand Canyon. COVID theory. yeah right how do we get that how do we get the Grand Canyon
0: Very large river.
1: yeah really, really large, large river of dripping water. yeah it must have been long 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 time ago but yeah I think uh, we should see judgment we should recognize judgment is coming and it should motivate us to righteous behavior first and secondly to telling people that there is a God who actually can provide a way out amen? amen now I'm tired I'm going to sit down Let's pray. Mark, would you pray for us?
3: God Most High, you are um, beyond anything we can um, imagine, and uh, you have um, called us to yourself. And you have uh, this wonderful creation, you have power to speak it into existence and to destroy it uh, you called us uh, to yourself and Father we want to uh, we want to recognize that you that you have a, a plan for us and a desire that we would uh, be in relationship with you we yes. so thank you for uh, making that way through and uh, that we can have that Father I just pray that as we study your word that is as always we would seek uh, to look at how it is that we can be more righteous that we can be um, righteous as Noah was and other men who have come after and that we can seek to be uh, that image of a Yeshua Messiah uh, in our daily lives so Father I thank you for the people who gather here thank you for the influence that they have been on uh, my life personally, thank you for the influence they have been on our family's lives and the and uh, our community north of here and uh, we just thank you that Father, you just continually um, raise up, you teach you mold and shape uh, those who are uh, desiring to follow you and I just pray that you continue to uphold them continue to strengthen and guide them in all that they do Uh, may they be bound together as a community Father, may they as they wrestle with with issues Father, uh, do so with the desire that they just want to be that righteous community helping to repair as we just talked about today help to, uh, to, to uh, bring reparation in our world and we do that Father by um, honoring you and following your instruction give us hearts that desire more than anything else to do that We would spend our time and our energies in, in, in learning about that and applying that and doing that maybe more than just things we have in our head but the things that we do day in and day out that make a difference in our world so, Father, just pray that you, uh, your hand of blessing would certainly be upon this house, upon the houses that are represented in this room. And that, uh, Father, through the days that are ahead, you would uh, guide and you would direct. And, uh, Father, may our plans be lined up with yours. And we just constantly seek uh, to do your will, to be your people, and to walk in your way. Give us the strength, the courage that you gave to Joshua to do that. you to see great things in the days to come. We give you great honor blessing and glory for it is yours and you deserve it. And we just humble come before you as, as humble people. I pray these things that you, know, that you should how much you are. Okay.
1: Amen. 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 Thank you
0: Mark.